welcome back to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your Oni-slaying detective, Renu. And I'm your former hero wishing for the downfall of humanity, Soup. <laughs> this week, uh, AT stands for Absolute Territory because we'll be talking about the summer 2023 season. Woo! Woo! <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, what have we been up to? It's been a hot minute. <laughs> It has been a hot minute, but not that much has happened, at least to me, since um, most of the big stuff that happened uh, I talked about last time. You know, I was um, I was moving house and like all that stuff. Uh, we're more or less like fully settled now. Like we got we all, all the stuff organized, and we have entered the part where we just get to live in the house, which is nice. Aww. <laughs> Imagine just living now. <laughs> oh, imagine just living. How is it? Is it good? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Mm. Um, we had a a little housewarming party. We Ooh. um had some people over for that, and that was fun. Mm. Uh, and I would say that that went pretty successfully. Okay, uh, how are the cats settling in? Um, yeah, they're doing they're doing fine. Um. Philip is thriving. He's having the time of his life. Um, <laughs> Cookie is, I think, doing good too. Aside from like whenever Philip decides to to harass her, oh. but you know, <laughs> that's just like that's just like Philip wants to play, and Cookie's like, "I hate you." <laughs> you know, the, the normal then. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's very like it's very like annoying younger brother energy. Mm. <laughs> Poor Philip. <laughs> he just wants friends. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the house is like big enough that uh, the cats only occasionally like get into little scuffles, and it's only ever because Cookie's being stupid. Oh. <laughs> like Philip doesn't understand personal space, but also like Cookie will just like run at him and start hissing like ah, and it's what? like what you ran at him? What are you what are you hissing for? <laughs> <laughs> like he's not invading your personal space this time. You just decided to be aggro for no reason. Um, I just hate him. <laughs> but yeah, I need to they, tell him. <laughs> sometimes they chase each other around the house. But like, so far none of them have been hurt. Mm. So okay. that's all. That's, that's all we can really ask for. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because it's because like Philip's not really like mean. Like he's not really vindictive in any way. Hmm. And Cookie's just a little scaredy baby, so she'll like Aww. she'll like swat, but she won't actually like try to claw him. That's good. Yeah, um, they'll, they'll, they'll sort that out with time. I mean, they're they're not really doing better than they were initially. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think it helps that that Cookie basically gets a bunch of the upstairs to hang out in without Philip. Um, mm -hmm. So when he does show up, she's just like, "It's okay, I have safe spaces to run to." Yeah. Whereas before she was just like locked in in the room, and she, if if she saw him, she'd be like, "I I can only escape to the corner." Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. That aside, I uh, I've just been sorting all my uh all my RL stuffs. Like the move coincided with like changing insurance, so I've had to like, you know, do all the the boring adult stuff like changing <laughs> uh, uh pharmacies and. 
you know, um, talking to my psychiatrist and stuff like that, looking for a dentist, which is like, honestly, like a huge pain in the ass. I don't know why dentistry sucks so bad. (laughs) Like dentists are like doctors, but somehow like even worse in terms Mm. of like trying to find a dentist that takes your insurance. Cause like some of them are like, Oh no, no, we're, we actually aren't taking patients right now. We have an enrollment period, which is like, ah, what? I've never heard that. Wow. Yeah. Like a couple of the places I've looked at are like, yeah, yeah. We only started accepting patients on like the first. It's like, why? Oh my God. That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? Whatever. They're that anyway. good. <laughs> I guess, I, they're just, they're just, they're fucking cracked, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, Exclusive. um, I, uh, I need to. Put a little bit more time into looking for a dentist because, uh, boy, I really, mm. really need to see one. It's been a couple years. Ah. Haven't seen one since before, before you old pandemic. Ah. So, uh, gotta get all my teeth, gotta get all my teeth cleaned and stuff. Mm. But yeah, I, I mean, my life has been exceedingly normal and boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, what have uh, what have you been up to? I can't really say a whole lot different. Um uh I've been working on, you know, artwork pretty steadily. Uh had my birthday this month. That was very exciting. Nice. Um I've been playing spooky games all month and uh I just last night beat Resident Evil 2 remake. I did like the nice. second playthrough cuz there's like two routes that you can do. Um, so I beat Claire's Root last night, so I'm all done with that game. Nice. Resident Evil 2, one of the the video games of all time. It is one of the video games of all time. They did a really good job with the remake. I was super impressed. I've heard um, a lot of good things about it, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really well done. Um, it, was, it was one of those games where it's like, I hate playing this because it's scary, but the game is so good, so I want to keep right. playing it. <laughs> It's like eating spicy food, you know? It's like, oh, this mm-hmm. is so good, but it's, it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, aside from that, yeah, that's that's basically, it's just been work and games. That's a good life. Um, you know, that, that, is, yeah. that is a good life. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Yeah. So, uh, shall we get into it? We just, just hop right into anime? Sure thing. It, it was... Yeah. I mean, this is what I hope will be a relatively short episode because the summer season was honestly kind of sparse. It was, and you know, we we took it pretty easy as a result. So I think this will be a pretty chill episode too. For I, th- I think so. On- honestly, out. like it got to it got to the point where it just like wasn't even worth trying to catch up anymore because there were so few shows. We just like we just decided, well, we'll we'll just take the season off of like watching as a group, and we'll just we'll, we'll watch stuff on our own time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, a, uh, you know, uh, it was a very chill season. Honestly, I, I don't actually think I finished anything because, uh, I was watching Zombie 100 until, like, it didn't come out for, like, a month, and then I completely forgot to watch the rest of it. So, like, I, I, I went back and tried to catch up on it this past week, and it, like, stopped at, like, episode 9 from what I Oh, it's, like, still not, find. still not done. Yeah, I think so. Okay, At least cool, from what cool, I cool, could cool. find, uh, I might be mistaken in that, though. You know, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. They might, they might have decided to take the rest of the core off. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's going on with that production schedule? Yeah, <laughs> it seems like quite the disaster. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's uh let's get into the old season room uh, season here. Um mm-hmm. The Girl I Like Forgot Her Glasses, which uh we watched an episode of. And yes. it was kinda boring. <laughs> It uh, was. It had a. It had like one of the most notorious trailers of the season. That's um, right. It had all yeah. all the weird perspective shit. Yeah, right, right, right. So weird. If if anything, uh, anyone who's listening to this, if you didn't uh, catch our trailer, watch, watch the trailer for this anime. The girl I like forgot her glasses. It's short because it's a trailer, and it's worth it just to see how strange they decided. They they decided to go the most weird route possible to animate this slice of life romance. Yeah, anime. they do these these really weird like long like perspective shots from like very strange angles where everything is yeah. like stretched and foreshortened like like almost like a fish eye. And, yeah, like from the wrist or from the and, ankle. Right, and it'll like follow <laughs> it'll follow this point for like multiple tens of seconds which is like very strange um and i think it's it's because the studio um i don't remember what what other uh anime that they were notorious for but um i think it's because they they have a very specific like uh cg powered workflow yes Um, and as a result it's kind of like it's kind of like ufo table but like which is weirder like if ufo table decided to just do stuff for the sake of doing stuff rather than like for any cohesive reason yeah puzzling um is is how i would put it and i would say that the story and the characters was cute enough uh but i think i would rather read it in manga form i think in in the anime it just dragged a little bit too slowly yeah, I um I would tend to agree. Um it's like the rest of the anime outside of the weird trailer is just okay. And yeah, the pacing does kind of drag. It wasn't like anything that you know, you would hang onto the edge of your seat over. I mean, it's a slice of life. So <laughs> if you're looking for those vibes, then yeah. Right. Like, it can I, it can only romance, be so yeah. it can only be so exciting. Yeah, but... exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, even, even then, like, I think it's, it's, like, about a girl that's so, like, helplessly dopey that you're just, like, ah, it's, that's, I guess, the Moe appeal is that, like, you don't even know how this person has survived. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, like, sorry, you, you need your glasses to see, but you, you came to school without them, like, multiple days in a row. I, I think, I, I. I, I don't know. Like, how have you not been, like, hit by a car? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I uh, I don't know. I don't think that the anime was for me. Um, maybe I would have some more luck with the manga. Um, I tend to find with certain, like, shows and certain genres, I would rather read the manga. Um, yes. And I th- I think that actually probably depends on the person. Because for me, I think I'd, like, I'd rather read the manga so that I could read it at my own pace. But I th- yeah. I think there is mm-hmm. a certain appeal to watching a slice of life show that, mm-hmm. like, goes at its own pace. And I think that pace is going to just differ for everybody. 
Like, mm-hmm. I think a particularly well done slice of life show will will resonate pretty broadly, mm-hmm. um, and be engaging. Like, you know, regardless. But uh, this this one was a little it, it was a little slow for me, um, and yeah, it didn't same. really catch mm-hmm. my uh, catch my attention in any meaningful way. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That that'd be my consensus too. Is if you like it, but you find the anime too slow, maybe maybe catch the manga. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Reign of the Seven Spellblades, which we watched uh, an episode of, I believe. Um, and the premise of this one is like, it's kind of like Harry Potter, yes. but like with swords. Um, yes. And <laughs> the spellblades are like they're like literally swords. Yes, it's not wands; it's swords. <laughs> I I thought it would be some kind of like you know uh, metaphor for like seven like figures that are like so good at magic they're called spell blades or whatever. Um, yeah, that's but, what I kind of thought too. Like they'd be but no, it's like it's, it's like literally about magic swords, which yeah. I guess that's I guess that's fine. I think the premise was fine. I think it was interesting uh-huh. enough. I think the first episode was interesting enough. Uh, it felt like a solidly good anime in my estimation like nothing that i would go nuts over but like you know during a slower season like this i think it's not the worst show to watch yeah if you're looking for something that is harry potter adjacent right it's a, it's a magic school yeah like magic um, magic academy stuff mm-hmm. it's like Yu-Gi-Oh, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh gx but for <laughs> magic and not magic cards or whatever <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know, cause like I I feel like um the quality of like just sort of random original fantasy uh adventure type anime like just mm-hmm. the baseline quality of of this genre I feel like has gone up just in recent years, cause like there's like a pretty solid one every season or so. Like if this is the kind of stuff you like. You know, stuff that isn't super unique, but like has at least some of its own identity. Mm-hmm. Um, then this is probably you know something that you you might want to watch. Yeah, I, I would it's say at least so. mm-hmm. it's at least not an isekai. It's not an isekai. <laughs> Very important. Very important. <laughs> the next one we're talking about is. An the, actually, the next two that we're talking about are isekai. The next two! <laughs> um, Reborn as a vending machine, now I wander uh-huh. the dungeon. This was <laughs> maybe one of the dumbest premises for an isekai I've ever heard. And it's not, it's not good. Like, it sounds ridiculous <laughs> to say this, but it was like shockingly not good. But we still watched like a decent number of episodes just because it was like he's just a fucking vending machine. It's it's okay. It was. It's not the worst anime that I've seen. It was actually pretty mid. It was it was it was all right. Um, it was exceedingly mid, which to me is like a crime. <laughs> that's you know what? That's fair. I will say that the majority of the beginning was very like whatever, right? 
And then the moment that it kind of flipped for me was when he started turning into different types of vending yeah, machines. Yeah, that was that was the that was the <laughs> highlight of the entire anime to me was yes. when he like decided, okay, I'm a vending machine otaku. I know a lot about vending machines. Uh-huh. I've unlocked the power to transform into different vending machines. And he transforms into the most wild fucking vending machines you've ever heard of that I have to presume are real. Like, one of them was like an oxygen vending machine. Yeah, so it's... It's like, Jesus Christ. It was so... Okay, I don't remember how many episodes he spends as the normal vending machine. You know, the kind that just dispenses drinks or whatever. But he spends, like, a long time as that. And um, for anyone who hasn't watched the show, it's it's a guy who is a vending machine fanatic, gets reborn into another world as... He gets gets crushed by a vending vending machine. machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then he gets reborn as a vending machine. Into a fantasy world as a vending machine. So nobody in this world knows what he is. They're like, what is this thing, this creature, uh, magic item, right? And so he gets kidnapped or whatever. And because people don't know what he isn't, but they kind of want to exploit him somehow. And then he comes across this girl who is very strong. Like she put all her points in strength, basically. And uh, she is actually able to like just carry him around on her back like a backpack. And they make friends and whatnot. And she gets into some trouble too. They get separated, so on and so forth. And yeah, he he spends a lot of time as this regular drink machine, and then eventually like starts dispensing like snacks and soups and stuff like that. And he gets integrated into the local economy. And then the show, like I said, turns on a dime once you once he realizes, I guess, that he can turn into different types of vending machines. And then it becomes infinitely more interesting. <laughs> For this this boring, super boring show becomes interesting once you realize, ah, this is an outlet for someone who may want to learn, for whatever reason, the history of for vending whatever machines. reason, just about the most yeah. esoteric vending machines. Yes. Like you never, you probably never. This probably never occurred to you that there are different types of vending machines out there, like the oxygen vending machine. <laughs> but there are, and you can learn about them through the series. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think the thing about this to me is mm-hmm. it walks this very weird line where the premise of it is like obviously parody, but then it's yes. played so straight that you kind of forget how like ridiculous the premise was to begin with. And it's like, yeah, well, well this is just Isekai now. Like, what? Yeah. why did we even have the vending machine conceit? Yep. But. Yeah, I don't know. I, if you if you are bored and you want to see just the most absurd isekai, then then this this probably is for you. It's not as bad as some isekai out there, but it's definitely also not as good. I mean, <laughs> just he's not an incel. He's just a vending machine. Yeah, he's just a vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that that's all i got to say about that yeah let's move on <laughs> okay uh the most heretical last boss queen from villainous to savior which we watched uh an episode of um i know we didn't get too far in this this is another show that like i think was was pretty pretty good in terms of like what was airing like relative to the season um this show is a it's a villainous isekai premise um but it 
is more serious than Hamefura. So it's basically like if Hamefura like stuck to the initial sort of like, you know, uh destruction flag premise like longer and you know didn't just devolve into like uh, a romantic comedy where everybody wants to to protect best girl, right? Yeah. Um so if you wanted that premise but like played more like seriously or more straight, like this is probably probably the one for you. Um yeah, I, have, I mean it's a uh-huh, sorry. I've read uh-huh. the manga for this, so Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it um from the from the get you can tell it's a lot it's it's very serious um mm-hmm. because it's about this girl like a little girl who enslaves her younger adopted brother. Right, like she um, she's like sincerely awful. <laughs> yeah, she is like legitimately was was you 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 would look at this child and be like, "Oh, you were born evil because uh <laughs> she has no remorse. She she like very like like makes her younger adopted brother sign a magic contract that literally makes him her slave. Um and she like y- exploits this to like have him like I don't know abuse his mother and like like other stuff and it, it, to make him do awful things. And uh of course in the story it, it doesn't end well for her and so now that she's been isekai'd into this character, the main character has been isekai'd in- as this little evil girl. She's like, "All right, I got to do something different. I can't have things go that way mm-hmm. um um but yeah she <laughs> i remember the names of the series because <laughs> the little girl's name was pride and yeah, the last name is royal ivy right. and then the little brother's name is stale <laughs> <laughs> i love i love whenever uh anime has like these just random sort of english sounding names Yeah. They'll just choose the the most out there names. It was like that one. What was that one like spy show that we watched where like the char- mm-hmm. like one of the characters had the most like bonkers fucking name? Um, wasn't it like Chateau? <laughs> Something. Yeah, it was. It was something like crazy <laughs> weird. Yeah, it, I remember Chateau was part of it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, if that if that interests you, then that might be might be a good watch mm-hmm. for you. Um, mm-hmm. Ten Puru, no one can live on loneliness. Um, this was this was to me the biggest surprise that we watched. In that I was expecting like pretty much like nothing because like it looks like such a generic harem comedy. From mm. like, like honestly, like straight, straight from like the the mid two thousands, right? Like, yes, when when that was like the the big sort of like the, the genre, yes. Um, and mm-hmm. honestly, like it was surprisingly charming, despite being an etchy harem like rom com. And yeah, I think that just comes down to the fact that like the physical comedy of it and the comedic timing was actually really good. Yeah, I was surprised too. And I think it, I, I want to say that it was probably born from some, uh, from a team that actually really appreciated the genre. You know, I, like, I feel like this 100% is like very, a very solid entry into a, you know, a, a long and storied genre. Um, of ecchi <laughs> harem rom-coms yeah, yeah you know yeah. like 
I, I, w I would say, like, yeah, def definitely if that's the kind of thing that you uh, like, uh, then this, this, is a, this is a good watch, actually. Like, it's... When watching it, I really felt like my brain turned off again, and I was, like, 14 watching, like, you know, Love Hina or whatever. That's what I was thinking of, Love Hina, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, we're not going to say that this is another Love Hina, but we're going to, we are going to no, say that not, it kind of, like, yeah. brings you back to that vibe. Right it's not as, time. it's not as, like, genre-defining, right? Because yeah. it's obviously just, like, a, you know, played by, by the, by the book, uh, yeah. Harem Rom-Com, with the mm -hmm. sort of, like, the funny sort of twist, right? The, the uh, central gag being that uh, he doesn't want to be horny. <laughs> he just wants to be happy. <laughs> so he goes to become a monk. Oops. Temple's full of ladies. Oh. Whoops. Yeah, he wants to avoid being like his uh, father who was like a player and yeah. you know, had a reputation of using women. <laughs> I, I think it's also funny that once they find out who he is, they like all fucking hate him too. Yes. They're like, oh, no. You're the son of that guy? <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, surprisingly enjoyable harem, etchy rom-com in the year of our Lord 2023. Color me surprised. Did Let's not go. have that on my bingo list. <laughs> okay. Uh, Masterful Cat is depressed again today, which is about a, uh, about a single office lady who lives with a large cat that is basically her housewife and mom. Yes. Um, and that's it. This is by the same studio that, uh, is, that was doing The Girl I Like Forgot Her Glasses also. So they're just like pumping yeah. these, pumping these things out. They this are. show was fine. It was, I would say, the better of the two. Uh, that were are airing from this yeah, studio. Yeah, I, I would season. agree, but I, yeah. I also think that probably some of that is is like demographic. Like, I, I think it's just because like they're fairly similar in vibe, to be honest, in terms yeah. of like uh what kind of what kind of show they are. It's just the fact yeah. that it's just the fact that we're like we're like old people now. Like, we just don't <laughs> want to watch teenagers do shit. <laughs> That's like, fair. You know what? If I, I want to watch more to listen, the salary woman, yeah. If I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> if I want to watch like a boring slice yeah. of life, like you know, um, just just give me the slice of life, right? I I, yeah. I want I want just like depressed office lady slice of life. Now that's that's it. That's all I want. Yeah, she gets taken care of by her cat, her larger than life Maine Coon cat. <laughs> yeah, don't we? Don't we all just wish we had a, a housewife cat? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this one is a very like Yeah, my cats uh, don't do shit. <laughs> uh this uh this show is exactly as it says in the title. There's, mm -hmm. there's no subversion or anything like that. So if you want nope. if you want to watch a cozy show, slice of life, busy office worker lady who gets taken care of by her cat. That's what that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like I would say that it is good in that this is a niche that is not as often serviced mm -hmm. so just on that merit alone i would say it's it's a worthwhile watch if you want to watch a slice of life show about an adult for fucking once <laughs> good <laughs> i don't want to live as a teenager forever 
I want adult. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, the gene of AI. Um, which was uh an interesting show. Um, about uh-huh. a world where like AI has gotten to the point where uh you know it's like true true AI like you know people have become um sentient and like the the androids that walk among us have integrated into to society and all that um and then it's about just like kind of interesting like philosophical uh sort of uh detective e kind of doctory kind of uh situations i would say like cases yeah mm-hmm. like the first one where um in in the first episode basically uh a guy tries to back up his wife's personality which is illegal by the way you can't do that mm-hmm. um and downloads a virus into her brain because you can't it's illegal so it's, it's real sketchy and uh they call they call the AI doctor who is probably also an AI but like he has the specialized so nobody knows he's an AI I think is is the <laughs> thing I think that's supposed to be the thing like they got like weird eyes except mm-hmm. for our main character doctor guy who is like he's got the normal eyes I guess I don't I I think it's like don't they have like square eyes or something and then like if they if you uh-huh. have round eyes you're like a person like a like round pupils yeah. you're like a person yeah yeah. That was that was the kind of thing going on. Um I thought the premise was really interesting. Um I feel like it wasn't quite my cup of tea, I think. Um <clears throat> even though the situations and ideas it had were very interesting to me. Mhm. Um in an ideal world, I think I would probably watch more of this to know. Um but just like Opening your first episode with, like, you know, like, what is it, you know, what does it mean uh, if you are a person, if you are a true artificial intelligence and a copy of you is made? And, like, what happens when, when that copy, it, like, is used? Like, when, when you actually get backed up, like, what happens to those, like, two weeks? Like, how much does that two weeks matter you know, to to you and your your being, right? You know, your your soul in a sense. Um I thought that was I thought that was cool. I I thought it was cool that a an anime was willing to interrogate that. Yeah, I I, I quite liked it. Um they were basically questioning I don't know, is which version of her, like, if, if they have, like, a backup version of her versus the one that, you know, died from the virus, like, which one is real? Mm-hmm. Or is the one that got backed up, like, fake? Or, like, wh- what does that all mean, you know? Yeah. Um, so and, like... I, I did like that they questioned that. Um, right. And and it's and then she yeah. was, like... And, like, um you kind of had that thing where she was just, like, I don't I don't know if I want to be backed up. Like, what, what yeah. happens to this current version of right. me? Right? Yeah. It, yeah. It... Uh-huh. I would say it's not a, it's not like a groundbreaking thing to say, just because there's so many amnesia plots where that's like the central conflict, right? That's what I was thinking of, is that it's very much like a Soma-esque um, storyline or question, um, and which Soma explored very well. Um, 
But I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's bad that they're exploring it kind of sort of differently, I guess, in this universe. Yeah, I thought too. it was, I thought it was yeah. good. I thought it was fine. Honestly, like, yeah. Probably this one episode of, uh, of the gene of AI alone has probably more thought and intent put behind it than, like, I don't know, whatever Cyberpunk 2077 has to say about whatever. <laughs> but we liked the anime. <laughs> oh, the anime was great. Yeah. Um The anime was great cuz it kind of didn't give a shit about any of that. <laughs> yeah, I I actually I kind of want to watch more of this. I I feel bad that I didn't keep up with this one. Um I, this I is, agree. This yeah. is actually up my alley. Yeah. Um I love when you know, at least writers try to question this kind of stuff. Hopefully it won't, Whether, like, cube anime me at the right. end. Right. Like, I, I, I was going to say, like, um, <laughs> a lot of times, like, stories like these are based on novels. And, yeah. like, that leaves some more room for them to be more thoughtful discussions or explorations of, like, mm -hmm. more complicated, you know, nuanced topics. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't always mean that they're good right like yeah <laughs> the fucking cube anime the other anime that but that's by the cube anime guy like <sighs> man those are the things i always think of where i'm just like man this would be so interesting if it wasn't bad <laughs> <sighs> it could have been so good it had such an interesting premise <laughs> yeah um yeah i i mean yeah. it i would i would say it's it's worth uh, worth a watch if that kind of thing interests you. Yeah, if you like a more philosophical anime that revolves around identity and sentience, mm -hmm. then I would recommend this. There's now. also um, a manga, so if you're like, maybe the anime is not quite my jam, maybe I want to you know read things at my own pace, there's a manga, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Level one demon lord and one room hero, which is about um, it's about a fantasy setting where uh the heroes defeat the demon lord and then uh society moves on. The demon lord gets reincarnated and he's like, "Where's the hero? It's time for our rematch." And it turns out he's uh he's a jobless bum living in like a tiny apartment, and uh society has become like a modern like you know a modern society with like cell phones and shit um mm -hmm. it's basically like gintama with a more <laughs> fantasy sort of bend uh -huh. to it yeah i thought this was actually really interesting i i didn't end up watching more of this but i think probably of all the stuff that i watched like this is the one i would watch more of most uh -huh. readily uh -huh. um i i really enjoyed the premise of it um it is like the idea of the setup right of the mm. um this kind of big conflict that happens and then like society just kind of moves on and then there's no place for heroes anymore i think that's like an interesting concept um yeah. and obviously uh -huh. like they're not gonna do like a, a super in-depth in like you know dive and exploration of that that idea um but if that is an idea that interests you, then you're probably already watching uh, Free Run at the funeral. So, you know, and like that just does it <laughs> that that actually does does do it in like a really interesting way. Um, I'm not going to gush about it now because, you know, everyone and their mom is watching it. And it's it's like the anime of the season in a really, mm -hmm. really packed season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but 
this is like a very it's like a comedic take on that um where it's just like oh he's just like a bum now and the demon lord's like whoa, whoa bud like y- you gotta you gotta get better so that we can have our have our rematch <laughs> yes yeah, so the demon lord is trying to restore the hero but the demon lord is also just a child so just like a little a little boy yeah they're both a little washed up and they're trying to reclaim some glory or make something out of their lives in their current situation <laughs> yeah um, i yeah. i actually really do want to want to uh, watch more of this i just kind of forgot until now like i forgot that the summer season even happened <laughs> to be honest like it's not like the stuff in the summer season uh-huh. was was bad like there were a couple of no. pretty solid shows it's just that like I don't know because I've spent the last like two months of my life just like moving, right? <laughs> like I think it's because you were you were simultaneously moving and addicted to Baldur's Gate that nothing else. Oh my god! Holy shit! That. Nothing. Yeah, you're right. That that was it. <laughs> nothing got done because I dumped a, like 280 hours into Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Speaking of Renny, you should uh, you should you should get this game if you don't have it. Aren't you guys maxed out on your party? You guys are already playing, right? Well, we're playing a multiplayer game, but that doesn't mean we can't play one. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. I have it on my wish list. We'll see. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, if it ever goes on sale and you decide to buy it, you decide to pick it up, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, we're playing a multiplayer game right now. I'm not playing a couple multiplayer games. Um, it's, it's funny because like, when you play the single player like modes you can really like you know sit down and like make make a character and like spend a lot of time making your character um and you get really invested in your character because like you know you're with them for like 200 hours and then like when you play a multiplayer game like you're just like all right here's my here's my character his name is john wrestling (laughs) 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 which is actually what i have what i have named that character by the way no his name is John Wrestling. He's a dwarf with a with a handlebar mustache. Um, he's an abjuration wizard. He's, he's a frontliner wizard. My my concept comes from a a character I played once named the Warden, who was basically the Boulder from uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, but as a as a wizard. Who would basically the concept was he would cast like cloud of daggers or some other spell that has like you know um a a constant you know uh area of effect damage and then he would throw mm-hmm. people into it mm-hmm. so that that's what i'm that's what I'm doing in that game um, that's very fun I in like another that in another game, I'm also playing a character literally named the boulder <laughs> Uh, who is uh like an an armed fighter that throws stuff? <laughs> you playing a lot of chunky characters. Let's go. <laughs> I enjoy chunky characters. I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy the the funny the funny funny haha chunky funny characters. funny haha funny haha throwing <laughs> buff wizard. <laughs> yeah, buff wizards. Let me tell you, buff wizards are very funny. <laughs> All right, um, Ayaka, which I had to like look up because I I didn't remember what this was, and then I remembered what it was when I saw the like the the cover art for it. Um, what the fuck was this show? Oh my god, yeah, I just looked at the cover too. <laughs> what is this show? I um, I remember everyone was color coordinated. Yes, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, so we had blue guy and green guy. Um, it, there's some like, strange powers involved, and there's yeah, an island together. There was some like, some weird like trauma stuff with like yeah. his like magic powers, and he has to go to like he has to go to like the islands where like other magic power people live, and then mm-hmm. like he gets into a scuff. I. It was really not good but in kind of a funny way like it was honestly like it, it's kind of like it wasn't even like super like super exceedingly mid it was like bad but in a way that's kind of fun to watch <laughs> it was bad <laughs> like, like the pacing was weird the story was weird right like, I, I, all, all of it felt i want to i want to be clear here this was not a good anime and it no. looks like I think it's because it's like a I th- it's probably like a multimedia project or something, um, mm. but it feels like so so strange. The character designs are like, it, like they're just all over the place. Like the, yes. they all look like they come out of different anime. Like the main yes. character looks like he walked out of Persona, and then there's this like yeah. Jet Set Radio motherfucker, and then yes. like and then oh this fucking yeah. <laughs> and then this this fucking guy that walks out of like. <laughs> Uh, 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 like, like, uh, own Myoji, the like fucking uh-huh, um, uh-huh. the mobile game. It's yes, like... yes, 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 yes. It was. I remember almost nothing about it, other than that. Honestly, it was like a better time watching than I expected, but not for any reason that the anime provided. It was just kind of, it was very heckleable. Yes, it was it was very easy to clown on with a friend or two. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, if you want to if you want a bad well, I don't want to be too terrible and be like this is just not good at all, but like if you just want to show to like I don't know, dunk on with your friends. <laughs> if you want to show the to beat the shit out of <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Right, um next we Un- have Undead Girl Murder Farce. Yes, Undead Murder Farce. Which it you is... you watched more uh-huh. of than I did. Um but I did I, yeah, I, I did intend uh-huh. to watch more of this. Um I watched it's it's still ongoing. Um I, Okay, okay. I watched yeah, all of that they had um available. Well, most of what they had available up to like where I felt like the season would end. I was um, I was reading some of the synopsis and I I understand why you enjoy it. Yes. Uh. So, okay. So I both enjoy and don't enjoy. <laughs> right. Right. Um. So it is, at least with the first case, um, a surprisingly faithful, um, interpretation of mystery shows like the older ones, right? With like you know. Like your classic Sherlock's and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, not none of this like new age like weirdo Sherlock an- adaptations. And so I right, thought this right, one right, was right. gonna be one of those, right? Just another weirdo Sherlock adaptation. Um, but no, it's it, it was actually surprisingly good. It, the first case was about vampires, and it was a classic like whodunit locked room mystery kind of deal, right? And I was like, ooh, I'm here, I'm here, I'm in it. Um, and yeah, they solved the case. It was very tidy. Um, you get introduction to the characters, right? You have the main character who's a headless immortal lady who has um a maid who can um fight really well. She's a she's a fighting maid. <laughs> I love that um, maid. You give a maid yes. a gun, I am in. Yes. 
She has a gun. Yeah, that's very much the soup character. And then there's an Oni who is like, uh, he's very much into to classic Japanese storytelling theater, right? So his lines, I feel like, were really difficult to translate to English mm-hmm. because a lot of it is like you just have to be Japanese um, to understand a lot of the puns that he was making, a lot of the stories that he was kind of like telling or emulating. Um, a lot of his dialogue is, cent- is centered around that. Um, so they made a very, very strange trio, and I wasn't sure how I felt about the vibe between them. It gets better later on once you kind of settle into their dynamic that they're very self-aware of how weird they are, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the beginning, it's kind of hard to get used to. Um, yeah, uh, the show is, like, it actually tries to, like, bring up mysteries, create them, and then solve them, right? Um, unlike a lot of other uh, mystery shows that they they kind of devolve into some kind of like weird action thriller, um, yeah, mishmash. Yeah, they try to make the climax too exciting, and so then it just becomes a mess rather than being about the story or the cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this one, um, I have mixed feelings about it though because. Later on in the series, they start introducing other characters, right? Like, uh, they introduce Holmes, which... Right, of course. He, yes, he, thankfully, again, was like a more classic interpretation of Holmes, and I was pleasantly surprised. They had Holmes and Watson, and they, uh, the designs were actually more based on, like, you know, like the really old interpretations of Holmes, where mm-hmm. it was like the live-action, like, black-and-white drama kind of... Yeah. Deal, and then they like you know they eventually made like a color version of it, but it's like really old TV drama interpretations of him. That's what his design kind of reminded me of. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised by that, and they didn't play him like super over the top. Like, wow, look at this dude. He's like, I don't know, like addicted to drugs, and he's just like all he thinks about is like solving cases and playing five D chess or whatever. He's just like he. They play it straight with him, and I liked that. Um, and uh. So that part was fine. But then later on, they introduce more characters like uh, Moriarty, who is implied to have stolen uh, the body of uh, the main character, right? The, the, the head character, <laughs> the mm-hmm. character that's just a head. Uh, it's implied that he stole her body and then he's got like an organization of like, evil supernatural people so they have camilla the vampire they have jack the ripper Uh. they have have, uh frankenstein's monster they have all it's just it's just this like it it like so quickly becomes bungo stray dogs okay yeah i was gonna say the mystery genre yeah yeah but not even just just the mystery genre just 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 like just like fiction <laughs> well, i was gonna say i noticed i noticed like how yeah how many of the characters came from like classical literature yeah. like yeah uh i saw that they had arsene lupin they had they had lupin yes they had they had the phantom of the opera <laughs> uh that's so funny to me i love that <laughs> it was like the the uh, the the case where they bring in lupin was when they started opening up to the rest of the weird cast and i was like mm, i'm over it <laughs> i i i under, i kind of i you know i get it i get it um because if it was like a grounded kind of like 
But if it was a grounded but somewhat strange mystery series, yes, yes. you know, because of the um, because of the obviously the supernatural stuff, um, mm-hmm. it's like one thing, right? That's yeah. I agree. Like, I think that's a very interesting premise. Like, actually, I really yeah. like premises that are classic genres, but like set mm-hmm. in like non-standard setting. So, like yeah. mysteries that are set in fantasy, or like mysteries that are mm-hmm. set in you know uh, supernatural stuff. Uh, yes. I could see how it might get a little silly once you start like going full bungo straight. <laughs> it was so silly because. I would have I would have even understood it if they just introduced the characters like one at a time, right? So like first we got Sherlock and they, they do a, do a, they do a case with Sherlock, right? There's a little bit of a rivalry because Sherlock's, you know, a well-known detective and then um our 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 main character here who's just ahead, she's not as well known. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's only well known for being a head, an immortal head, um not as a detective, right? And so she has a bit of a, a little bit of a rivalry with, with, with Holmes, and, and, and I liked that. I, I liked that they were both trying to solve the same case. They were trying to solve the Lupin case and prevent Lupin from stealing the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, uh, I guess that's fine, you know. Um, but then, like, towards the end of the Lupin case is when they, like, throw in all of the other characters that I mentioned all at once. And I was like, no. <laughs> because it just, it just stopped being about the case. She did end up solving it. But it felt so unsatisfying because it felt unimportant compared to this wacky, colorful cast that they just threw in all together at the end for one huge battle, right? They were all mm-hmm. fighting, right? Like the maid, the fighting maid was battling against the vampire. Um, and there was some weird like like undertones there, like maybe they were attracted to each other slash, you know, fatally attracted to each other. And it was, it was like, okay, that's fine. And then... um. Uh, Lupin. Oh no, Drack the Ripper has like a fight with like the Oni guy, and they're like facing off. And I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be some bitter rivalry between them, and it was so everywhere. And I just wanted it to continue being about the case because it started off so strong. So the fact that they went from that vampire case straight into this Lupin case, it was such a weird tonal shift. Mm, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I probably would have also preferred if it had just like stuck to the mysteries. Like even I think even if that they like went like really over the top with introducing like characters from from classical literature. If it was mm-hmm. just like you know, isolated cases, right? Like yes. almost more like a Sherlock Holmes sort of like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um this is like this is the case where we're visiting like a Sherlock Holmes sort of world and this is like you know the case where we're we're kind of like peeking into Lupin's world, and then like mm-hmm. you know here's like uh you know Castle Dracula and all that all that stuff, right? I think that mm-hmm. I think that would have been more interesting, probably too. Yeah, yeah, it would have been more interesting to me, um, and probably more this, cohesive. Uh, yeah, d- the cohesion and like because they were starting to build like this nice like cohesive like atmosphere. It's like okay, I get it. Like it's very very dark, very theatrical. Um, I like this. Um, and then they, they they just threw all of that out once they threw in all the the, the rest of these weird fictional characters. Um, after that, they get into uh, they they round off the rest of the season with this case about um, uh, werewolves. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool, right? It's this like weird standoff between like this human village and this werewolf village, right? And they're trying to solve uh, this murder mystery 
where uh, human and werewolf girls are being killed and, you know, both sides are blaming the other, right? They don't know who's actually behind it. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. But then they throw in a bunch of yahoos again. It's like this weird like, organization that's trying to kill all the supernatural creatures and stuff. And it's like, I don't, I don't want this. Just stick to the mystery. And then Carmilla the vampire shows up again. Frankenstein's monster shows up again. It's like, I don't need any of you here. Be gone. It was already interesting. And now ugh. it just made everything more convoluted and uh, honestly kind of dragged things out. And I, I yeah, so... I have a weird love-hate relationship with the show. It's good when it's good, and it's a mess when it's a mess. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh, actually, it did finish airing uh, at 13 episodes, so I did watch all of it. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, they kind of, the way that they ended it off was like almost like a to-be-continued kind of thing. Like, you know, they might make more. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Soupy. I think it'll just become more Boongo Stray Dogs. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, f- the fate of all such properties. Uh, and it sucks because Boongo Stray Dogs is so popular. It like, I feel like they would really find an audience somehow by doing that. Mm-hmm. But they would lose me. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Mm-hmm. So that's Undead Murder Farce. Um, All right. If that intrigues you, check it out. It is actually a solid detective show, for what it's worth. Fair enough. I, I probably will uh, end up still watching it. Mm-hmm. So if, <laughs> if, I, if I do, I'll, I'll come back to you with my thoughts. <laughs> All right. Um, Helk. Helk. Which um, I gave a hearty recommendation. Um, Oh yeah. When we were watching Did you the watch, trailers, uh, all um, of it or no? But I watched most of it, and I would say that okay. it is a very solid um, adaptation of uh, one of my favorite web manga. And like honestly, really, I feel like one of one of the more storied web mangas in terms of like how long running Hulk ended up being and how successful yeah. it ended up being. Um, yeah. It kind of, to me, feels sort of, uh, it, it feels sort of like this, like, this, like, Rosetta Stone for looking at, um, modern, uh, modern deconstructions of, like, the, the fantasy, uh, inversion, right? Where it's, like, the, yeah. the demon lord and, you know, human kingdom sort of dragon quest premise turned on its yeah. head. Um, mm-hmm. like Helk is about uh the demon like country, right? Um, mm-hmm. they choose a new they're trying to choose a new demon lord because their demon lord got iced, and mm-hmm. in the middle of this competition, uh, one of the competitors is like is like the one of the heroes. He, he just shows up and he's just like death to all humanity, and they're like we can't have this guy be the demon lord. <laughs> and then you find out more about like you know what's going on. Like, the human kingdom has essentially used forbidden resurrection magic to uh, make all of their citizens into horrific angel monsters that can't die. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's, that's all I'll tell you about the, the premise. It's, it's pretty interesting. Other than that, like... It is, yeah. Um, the beginning episodes are about this... Uh, 
about like the actual demon lord competition and then some other stuff kind of happens afterwards and like there's this whole arc with um one of the main characters uh vermilio who is one of the the four heavenly lords but you know she's pretending to be like a just a schmuck she's like i'm just <laughs> yeah. Anne from management An chan <laughs> And then you got you got Hulk, who's this like real real himbo man, real himbo man. Yes, who just wants to help people. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, like Hulk to me strikes a very good balance between the levity um, and the uh, comedy. Right? It's like there's moments, there's a lot of like Sukomi kind of style jokes of like very clearly absurd things happening in a straight man kind of calling it out. And then mm-hmm. and then there are like. But at the same time, it is really, really good about having moments of levity that are not, like, that aren't undercut by that, right? So I think it Mm. does a really good job managing its tone. Yeah, I I think it flows, um, at least, like, tonally-wise. It it feels like you're... Like like just like a standard adventure, like fantasy adventure. It doesn't go like too far off the rails in terms of like I don't know, like 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 throwing its tone out the window or anything like that. Like, um, I want to say like it's actually pretty consistent, and I like that. Yeah, um, yeah, I liked the adaptation mm-hmm. a lot. I thought it was mm-hmm. um, the animation is pretty good. It is uh f- like pretty well paced, honestly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think if you're if you're looking for something that like you know it'll be like a long adventure, um, Helk isn't a bad one to hop onto because it is there's there's a, a good amount of intrigue that they consistently develop through the storyline. Um, you've got the intrigue with what what the heck the humans are doing with their uh, you know soldiers that keep on reviving. You've got Helk who like his intentions and what he's thinking is like constantly obfuscated by like you know his optimism right he he like presents himself as a very optimistic character um just there to help but then inside you never know what the man is actually thinking right mm-hmm. and the other characters are constantly hinting at this they're like this guy is like really strong and we don't know what his intentions are you have to be careful of him and um he's got some kind of like darkness inside him <laughs> you know <laughs> he wants to destroy humanity and he's a human um yeah, so I, I like that a lot. Um, I would be interested in seeing where the story goes. I watched most of what they had out, mm-hmm. um, but it is it's it's ongoing into the next season. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I've um I've read the manga at least until like I think I've I'm fairly certain that I finished it. Um, but mm. at the, at the very least, I've read the the bulk of it, and I can say that it is. It becomes very, very, very bonkers, but I would also say that I think it appropriately ramps up to that level of like crazy shit going on. So okay, that's good. Um, (laughs) Helk to me is very, very solid. It is to me one of the prime examples of a very like well thought about world, right? So, like, taking the idea of a world where, like, um, there's, like, a human kingdom and, like, a demon kingdom 
and like the heroes have to go defeat the demon lord and then just like basically just like tracing out the rest of it right and like essentially extrapolating a world from that basic premise um Mm -hmm. and i think it does a really good job of that yeah all right (laughs) um and then, of course, the last thing, uh, last but not least, uh, Bucket List of the Dead, or Zombie 100. Yes. Um, I, I, I looked up what happened to it yes. while we were talking. Um, it is, <laughs> after episode nine, the last three episodes are on indefinite hiatus. <laughs> oh my god, it's just... <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, they have not announced when they will come out with the last three episodes of the of the 12 episode season yeah all right feels uh feels feels bad um what is out of zombie 100 is Uh very good uh i would say it probably is like the best thing that aired in summer um just from what is what is out i went back and i read um a bunch of the manga until uh, there was just like a weird gap, and I just didn't feel like tracking down those those chapters. So, <laughs> um, uh-huh. I think I I stopped reading around like chapter thirty six or something. But it's actually really good. The premise of it is actually like super interesting to me because it proposes a very radical idea. Um, in a genre that is largely played out, right? Um, yes. Because the thing about the zombie genre, right, is that there's a there's like basically like a couple of th- like thematic things that you can say, right? It's like you know, um, it's either about like oh, in in like uh pieces where it's like the zombies are like the actual like you know main threat. It's like you know, um, what horror does the zombie represent? You know what uh. Uh, what fear is that tapping into, right? And mm-hmm. in other works, like, you know, The Walking Dead, like, is the prime example, right? It's like, oh, this is like a survival story. The zombies are, like, an incidental part of the setting. Humans are the real, like, you know, uh, enemies. Yeah. Like, what what yeah. does this say about, you know, uh, the way that we interact with each other and, you know, society and, like, what happens mm-hmm. when society breaks down? Um mm-hmm. Zombie 100 is this very interesting take which approaches the sort of um, the downfall of civilization um, angle, but in a very different way. Because, like, a lot of the time when you have, like, a post-apocalyptic story, the sort of thing is, like, oh, there's a bunch of people who, because of you know, the the end of society, right? They're like, cool, now it's time for the purge, right? Like, I just want to kill people and, like, <laughs> steal shit, right? Uh, um, it's like, oh, without the, the chains of society binding us down, like, at, at our core, we're actually evil, avaricious creatures that, you know, desire mm-hmm. only our own uh, satisfaction. Um, and Zombie 100 kind of takes that and just completely flips it on its head and is basically just like, so, like, what, what is a zombie, right? Like, it's, like, a, a person that is not alive anymore, but their body is still moving, and it has become monstrous, and, you know, it has the, the it can go infect other people with that stuff. Um, but what Zombie 100 does is it's, like, well, 
being a zombie is like basically like you know like just like walking through your life without really like thinking or feeling anything and isn't that basically what like working in a corporation is like like yes (laughs) it proposes this really interesting idea which is that um the downfall of civilization the crumbling of society is actually this opportunity to be alive right mm-hmm. um it is the ability to free yourself from the chains of of society but like the negative chains not just the like you know the positive like social contract stuff it's like well right. At the end of the world, like, fucking capitalism doesn't matter. Your job doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Like, we're out here fighting for our lives. Like, and the first episode does such a good job of depicting that with, like, you know, his first, like, uh, his first day where he's, like, all bright and happy. And then, like, every other shot, which is, like, the world is, like, literally gray. They've they sucked all the color out of it. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, shambling. He's, like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. I gotta go to work. And then he, mm-hmm. like, you know, looks outside and there's fucking zombies everywhere. And he's, like, mm-hmm. what the? And slowly but surely, like, he starts, like, waking up. He starts becoming, you know, alive again. And the color mm-hmm. starts returning to the world, like, first in these, like, kind of, like, really, like, explicit splashes. And then, like, in... And then, like, just all of a sudden, like, he's, like, running, and he's, like, wait, I, like, feel my body, and I feel, like, like, I'm, I want to live, like, I want to be alive, and in that moment, he, he becomes alive again. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting take for, for a zombie show. Yeah, I love the direction that they, they took with it, like, it needs to, you know, you can, you can have a zombie setting or whatever, but it needs to be about something, right, and Zom 100 really does, uh, have a unique take on that, that, you know, you're presented with the opportunity of the apocalypse, and, um, there's a, it, it very clearly points out the juxtaposition of, like, how do you want to how do you want to take this in in terms of perspective? Do you want to take a positive spin or a negative spin? Do you want to die to some right. zombies or do you want this to be a restart on your whole life? <laughs> well, I, I think the um, the really yeah. the really like um I would say important thing that, you know, that he says uh the main character says is like you can die tomorrow or you can die 100 years from now, right? Mm-hmm. Um but you don't know. So like mm-hmm. you know, uh, you sh- you should go out there and like do do the things that you want to do. And once you're no longer fettered by the you know the oppressive force of of capitalism, you know, mm-hmm. draining your personhood away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it it gives you the opportunity to to be a person again. You know? Yeah, it, I. Uh-huh. I was just say there's just like there's just this implication that you know, the way that society is set up right now is turning people into zombies and not right. in, like, the sort of, like, uh, haha Black Mirror way that is always, like, oh, technology is, like, technology is bad and social media is turning us into zombies mm-hmm. or whatever, where mm-hmm. Zombie 100, like, fucking Chad Zombie 100 over here, like, Comrade Zombie 100 is like, no, 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 <laughs> friend. It is capitalism that is the problem. <laughs> It makes us all into zombies. The zombie apocalypse is already here. <laughs> they have already taken your personhood away from you. 
Your labor, comrade! <laughs> I also, I like that they took the the bucket list premise, right? I, you know, you've seen movies and media and whatnot where it's like, oh, it's the bucket list for this person who's dying, and then, you know, you want to make their life fulfilling before they die. Um, and they, they make that whole conceit a lot more palatable, like, like oh, it's not I, just going to be sad whatever journey i'm gonna cry my eyes out at the end i might cry my eyes out at the end of Ed's on 100 i wouldn't be surprised but like the journey there is going to be fun and rewarding uh, right it's honestly um, the mm -hmm. the sort of like victory lap tour de force feeling yeah. of it gives yeah. it this really interesting tone that is so yeah. different from a lot of zombie yeah. like shows because a lot of zombie yeah. shows are really depressing you know yeah. they're like really serious really depressing they're usually just yeah. like oh humanity humanity yeah. is the true virus the true enemy that is killing you know the human nature or whatever whatever yeah. whatever right yeah um i would um i would say like while you're watching the show be aware of the fact like like i i think it would be so hard for someone who has been entrenched in this media, this genre, be, to be like, okay, I don't understand this conceit of, like, happy, funny zombie show, right? Um, yeah. And it it leans full into that. It's like, this is a comedy. This is a, this is yeah. a full-on comedy. And uh, what? Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll understand that when the fourth character shows up. The <laughs> oh yes, yeah, I love her. <laughs> she, as soon as she so shows up, the entire like, like you can't go back to the tragedy angle. Anymore. No, no, no. Because she's she's just way too off kilter. And um, in terms of the group dynamic, I will I will say this. Um, yeah. I think that the real big difference, right? The 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 greatest difference between Zombie One Hundred and pretty much every other zombie you know uh property out there is mm -hmm. that it is a series that just like is very hopeful right it's like yeah. even though the world has functionally ended mm -hmm. uh it is still it doesn't feel like well we can never go back it feels like well like i mean we could die any day now like we might as well do all the things that we we couldn't do before we we might as mm -hmm. well get some fulfillment out of our lives you know we uh but at the same time there's still this kind of hope that like you know the characters are still alive they still are you know out there journeying and they still want to to try to do something to to potentially you know save people to like you know fix this zombie virus and you kind of get this feeling that they can you know mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like, oh, there's, like, literally nothing we can do about it. It's like, well, there may be nothing, but we're still going to, like, you know, look for it and try it. And having read some more of the manga, I think that there are some really killer moments of, like, some, some of that, like, zombie, uh, zombie series, like, meat, you know, the bread and butter, right, of. Like, <laughs> uh -huh. these like serious kind of moments but i think because it is juxtaposed with you know the the lightness of the show mm -hmm. i think it kind of actually helps right because here's the thing right is if you watch a 
uh, if you watch a series that is like doom and gloom just all the way, mm-hmm. you get fatigued, right? You get yep. this is like an unknown phenomenon. It's like you can get compassion yep. fatigue, right? So yep. like by the end, you're just kind of like ah, oh, whatever, right? But because of the the sort of roller coaster of emotions that you get, you know the the variance. Um, it actually hits harder when that sort of stuff happens. It feels more like more human and, you know, it feels like something could happen at any moment. And, but it also feels like, you know, stuff isn't happening for, for like no reason. Right. Which I really appreciate because I, one of the things that I hate the most, one of the things that I think is the most annoying things, especially about like zombie media is the like, well, people just die for no reason. Cause that's realistic. And it's like, cool. I hate that. That sucks. That's boring. Like, I actually don't think that's really interesting. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Like, I get it that, like, it's, it's kind of like a thing, right? And it's like there's a, the, a sort of tragic aspect to the, to the zombie sort of genre. But, like, I think if you, if you doom and gloom too hard and you just kind of, like, wallow in the misery, I think that there's, you know, there's some enjoyment to be had there, obviously, right? Um especially in, in the tragedy, you know, like someone cut short before their time, right? Um, somebody mm-hmm. heroically sacrificing themselves. But a lot of the time, it just kind of comes out of nowhere, and you're like, well, I like that character, and it kind of sucks that they're dead, and, like, it wasn't really satisfying that they died like, like right. that, right? So, right. like, that is something that is, like, rife, right? Like, mm-hmm. and obviously it's not like every property is like uh, every, every zombie you know thing is like guilty of that i think a lot of them do a pretty good job with managing that aspect appropriately but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean zombie 100 has these like really like honestly like really surprisingly emotional moments like even in the first episode like when he like runs to like the apartment of of the woman that you know he has um had feelings for her for a long time and um like you know knows that like obviously like he knows that she's been sleeping with the the manager for like you know mm-hmm. better treatment right and all that stuff but he doesn't really care like he just wants to to you know get these feelings off of his chest and you know he gets there and like oh oops she's a zombie right like yeah even that moment you're like you kind of feel a little bad like even though you're like okay that's like she's kind of she's not a good person <laughs> like yeah you know but also like you kind of also get this feeling like you know she she was probably also kind of a victim of of this system that like crushes people right yes Uh uh-huh and one of the moments that like really kind of for me hit hard right was when he is like when the main character is like you know going around doing all the zombie stuff and he's like wondering about what to do next and he's just like like, I want to see my parents. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that I've been working so hard, like, what the fuck have I even been working for? Like, I've been sending money home, but, like, I just, I don't get to see my parents anymore. They probably, like, you know, I don't know if they're safe. I don't know if they, you know, hate me for not, like, ever visiting or whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. just the idea of, like, in the apocalypse, right? Of just being, like, well, like, where are my parents? You know, mm-hmm. like, I haven't seen them in so long because of, because of my job, right? And it really puts into perspective of, like, how much, how much did that really matter, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, he's like, I, 
wanted to to make life more comfortable for my parents and so i put myself through all this crushing grueling labor but it also robbed me of the ability to see them right this like really yeah. strained strenuous relationship and like man ooh boy that fucking hits woof <laughs> i was like oh he just wants to see his parents he wants to apologize yeah. to his parents yeah yeah that fucked me up so <laughs> um zombie 100 i'm a big fan a uh, real shame about the the indefinite hiatus on those episodes yeah. um i highly recommend I reading the manga there's some like really really good parts of it like i really adore the way that they handle some of those arcs and the way that they they end it's i mean it, it it's one of those things where it's like really surprising when you get invested into it because mm-hmm. You do, you like you kind of you almost don't notice right because a lot of it is like comedy and a lot of it is like you know um, these like really hilariously absurd things that are happening like a like a, a shark eats a bunch of zombies becomes a zombie and then like the zombies in the zombie shark like sprout their legs out of the shark and suddenly it's a yes. shark that can move on land like that's yes. fucking funny <laughs> like that is absurd yes yes and then he just he punches it. With yep. with his like diver suit and like yep. I actually I actually do like that they brought up the like the diver suit stuff um and yeah. like the chainmail uh-huh. like it's meant to yep. like ward off shark teeth so obviously human teeth wouldn't wouldn't break mm-hmm. through but also mm-hmm. like you're still taking all that blunt force so that'll yes. still hurt right yes and then I, I love the exploration of that <laughs> yeah because like that that's one of those things that like if you are steeped in the sh- uh, in the zombie genre that's like number mm-hmm. one that you think about you're like oh yeah like diver suits 100 percent, and like wetsuits where like it's very very difficult for human teeth that are very blunt to bite through mm-hmm. uh, to like tear through them right mm-hmm. um and obviously like historically armor has been like incredible for this right so like when yeah um, when the fourth character shows up and she's just a fucking weeb in samurai armor, you're like, oh, this is, this, I fucking love this. This is good. <laughs> and, like, also, she's wielding a, a naginata, which is historically, you know, one of the best weapons that you can have. A spear is one of the best on-the-ground weapons you can have to fight another yep. human being that isn't a ranged yep. weapon, right? It's good for crowd control. It's good for a single person. It's got the reach. It's <laughs> like she's well, fucking set yeah. up. Yeah. And like it's both this moment where it's like really funny because it's like, you know, this like blonde hair, blue eyed German girl who's just like, mm-hmm. I came to Japan to uh, eat sushi. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I also right? like that they. they... They point out that she knows more about Japan than probably I do I think that's Japanese so citizens. funny and 100% accurate, right? Yeah. Where it's like yeah. you know that people that like love a different culture know mm-hmm. way more. Like people yes. that have to yes. immigrate right into the United yep. States know way more about US history than fucking natives here do. Yep. Like Yeah. Um <laughs> But I I thought that was she's such an incredibly funny, well-done character. Mhm. And it's such a self-aware thing to do about where anime is in in the broad, worldwide, global cultural space. And also, like, very, from a very, like, practical, like, zombie, like, uh, genre uh, world standpoint, it's, it's very practical to be in armor wearing, wielding a spear. So, like, mm-hmm. 
I really like that, like, it's very clear that the creators are, like, genre-savvy as well as, you know, um, putting together a good story. Yeah, yeah, they they clearly did their research. <laughs> and I think the story is all the better for it. Um, I think if uh, uh, anyone who's listening sounds interested in this, um, highly recommend the first episode. It is such a good first episode. Um, the rest of yeah, the anime is yeah. good, too. Um, the rest of the anime is uh, good, but the but first yeah. episode is stellar. Yeah. It is so good. It's like so well directed. Good. Yeah, really, really good. Um, highly recommend that. Um, and then maybe catch the manga for the rest of it, considering the production issues. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good solid story all around. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, unless you watched anything that I didn't. Um... No, that's that's it for me. All right. Cool. Well, then that's that's the end of our uh, that's the end of our uh, summer twenty twenty three. Uh, a little yeah. bit of a shorter season. We still ended up talking for quite a bit of time, uh, mostly because I really, really, really liked uh, Zombie One Hundred. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, cool. Well, in that case, um, who are you? Where can we find you on the internet? Hello, I am Swan, also known as Renu. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. You can find me everywhere else at swandrawn. I, uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I finished RE2 and I jumped straight into RE3. So that's what we're streaming over on Twitch. Um, Yeah, otherwise, um, I've also been streaming. I stream art on Wednesdays, stream games on Fridays. Um, uh, Right now on Wednesdays, I'm working on commission stuff. I got commissioned to do a whole VTuber overlay uh, background set of things to do. So I'll be working on that. Um, if that sounds interesting to you, come on down. We like to chat and draw and do all that stuff. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you? You can find me all the places at Literal Soup. Um, I don't really use social media anymore, which I think has <laughs> uh has been good for me in a lot of ways. Um, good. If you do want to uh, see what I'm up to, um, you can check uh, my my YouTube's account at Little Soup. Um, most of what I've been doing right now is just com- kind of compiling the like funny funny moments that happen in my Final Fantasy XIV playing uh, into oh. into quippy little montages. Let's go! So you can uh, you can see what I'm up to there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that's uh, that's pretty much what I'm up to for for the time being. Probably until uh, until the end of the year. Like I'm um, I, I got a lot of like RL stuff to like sort out. <laughs> As always, the holidays coming up. It is the holidays coming up. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's hard it's hard to find time to do stuff. Yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, um, our opening is by Scotty Network, and our ending is by Takamakata, and the patrons we are thanking this episode are Evan Williams, Magpie Miratess, Claire, Shondao, Cherubel, and Dylan Butts. Thank you so much for your support, as thank always. Thank you. Thank you, yes. thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> you keep the podcast going. <laughs> keep that podcast rolling. Thank God, because my <laughs> there are really some some notable gaps in our schedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy anyway we really appreciate it um yes and, uh, we really appreciate the continued support and hey uh it's about about the time to to mention now you know if you subscribe to your patreon you know uh you can get a postcard 
Uh, Renu Tis will... the season for postcarding. I'll be yeah. starting work on that very soon. Renu, yeah. will, Renu will design a custom postcard for, for the year, and, uh, and we'll mail them out. It'll be cool. We'll get little handwritten messages from me and Renu. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, yep. we will see you next time. またしたね。